0: You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups to meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Last weekend, Pastor Jonathan began a new series called The Call to Character. His main takeaway was that God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but for your character development. Life Groups can be a great way to develop character and also meet people who genuinely care about you and are willing to do life with you. Check out our Life Group directory at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect Life Group for you. October 6th, we added a fourth service. We're so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. The new service times are 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Now here's today's message.
1: Father, we thank you for our pastors. We thank you for the gift that you've given us in Pastor Jonathan and Verna, Lord. We thank you for using them to help uh, lead us and guide us, to teach us in all your truths that we would become everything you've called us to be. Lord, we sow them as seed this morning to Highway Church, and we ask you to use them to bless that congregation, those pastors, and that community in that environment, Lord, we sow them in faith, knowing you're going to do something amazing right here in our midst. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. We are in week four of a series called A Call to Character, and we talked about character a few weeks ago, a pastor saying, character is who we are. I like to say it this way, character is our testimony. It's it's who we are that testifies of what's different about us. And so we've been looking at the, the, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and we'll look at those in a minute. The fruits of the Spirit are our way of showing God's love. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 right now in the NLT. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, one of the things the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me through the last couple weeks of hearing this message is this. It's the Holy Spirit that produces this kind of fruit. You know, we can't produce this fruit on our own. It's in a partnership. It's in a relation. It's under the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit that love is brought out in us. I like how Pastor talked about love being the fruit and he used the, the orange as an illustration, and the, the fruit is the orange, it's love in itself. But then when you peel back the layer, there's many segments that express that love. Let's look at this in the Passion Translation. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions, It's joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, and a life full of virtue. It's faith that prevails. It's gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. I'll be honest with you, a few weeks ago when Pastor began talking about this series and he said, I want you to help me. I'm going to be gone. I'd love you to to preach part of this. I kept thinking, sweet. I, I want to preach love, peace, and joy. And he said, I'd like you to teach patience and kindness. And I'm thinking, I don't want to preach patience and kindness. You're the lead pastor. You take the tough ones, I'll take the easy ones. Last week, he talked about a joy that overflow. He talked about peace that subdues. So today, we're going to talk about patience that endures. And we're going to talk about what it means to have love in action. You guys ready? Let's jump right into this. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Anybody got anger issues in here? Put your hands down. Nobody will know. (laughs) Patience is also the ability to remain calm and not become annoyed. You ever been in a situation where somebody has to stand up and say, everybody stay calm? (laughs) That's what patience is. It's the ability to not be freaked out. The ability to give attention to something for a long time without becoming bored or losing interest. It was just a few weeks ago that I had my patience tried right outside here on 93 North. You know, there's nothing like rush hour traffic to try your patience. It was two something in the afternoon and we live north of the city. We live in North Andover and my son gets out at three o'clock. And so my wife was saying, come on, you got to go. And I'm the talker of the family. We, we, she's dragging me out of church, dragging me out of meetings because I'm just still sitting there chatting it up. And she's saying, come on, we're going to be late. And so we ran out of the door and jumped in the car only to get on 93 and realize it's pretty much a parking lot. Friday afternoon, 2.40 in the afternoon, See of red lights. You been there? Yep. <laughs> Y'all know where I'm going with this. And, and all of a sudden I find myself angry, okay. <laughs> physically angry, verbally upset, I'm not remaining called, I'm highly annoyed, and I'm thinking, man, I need a shortcut. I'm not staying the long term, you know, I'm lost interest in this. And then I remember, just a couple exits up from where we were in traffic is a sign that says, from three to seven, you can drive in the in the in the breakdown lane. And I'm thinking, this is a Holy Ghost idea, like break down lane, I'm late. And then I look at my watch and realize it ain't three o'clock yet, but I'm going to do it anyways. And so I whip the car over and I'm driving and I'm flying and I'm moving. I'm probably doing 65, 70 and traffic's just sitting still and I've got the joy of the Lord inside. I'm just waving, thinking about y'all are crazy sitting here. And then I see a guy way ahead of me. He sees me coming and he decides he's gonna pull out of traffic and just pull over just far enough to keep his spot in line, but far enough to keep me from going around him. And now I'm really upset. I'm thinking, who deputized this guy this morning to be the highway patrol on 93? I need to get to the school. I'm late, I'm angry, I'm upset. And he sits there and pulls over just far enough to ride the line to where I can't go around him because I go in the ditch. And so I just realize I'm just gonna let him know I'm here. So I just pull right up on his bumper. You know, we're just sitting there and I'm, he inch forward a little bit, and I inch forward. And he starts waving out his window. He's telling me it ain't three o'clock yet. And because it ain't three o'clock yet, I ain't letting you by. My wife... Here's the words coming out of my mouth. She can see that I'm white knuckling in the steering wheel. She is telling me, hey, 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 calm down. Calm down, it's going to be all right. And I'm like this so-and-so in front of me. (laughs) Who in the world? I'm talking to him. He sees me through the rearview mirror and I'm talking. I said, I see you. I see you. I know what time it is, but I'm late. (laughs) So finally, we get up. It turns 3 o'clock, 10 minutes in traffic, and he moves back over, rolls his window down, starts pointing to the sign that says, from 3 to 7. I want to tell him, God bless you. And as I pull around, I'm thinking about some other words I want to tell him. And my wife said, don't forget, we got the International Family Church sticker on the back of the car. Listen, patience has to be for all of us, not just you. Every single one of us, no matter how spiritual you are or no matter how spiritual you claim to be, Patience will test you. It's a test of our character. I like what Joyce Meyer says. She always makes it so simple. She said, patience is not simply the ability to wait. It's how we behave while we're waiting. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm patient. I can wait. I know, but how do you wait? How, what, how many words come out of your mouth and what, 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 what says, what does your face say? What do your actions say? Because that determines if the fruit of patience... Is active in your life. Hebrews 6.15 says it this way. It says, Abraham, after he had so patiently endured, I'm going to show you several scriptures today where this and this are a combo. Patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Abraham was 75 years old, and the Lord said, I am going to give you a son. But it wasn't for 25 more years later before he had Isaac. Let me ask you this. Do you have... The patience that endures. Do you have the ability to hear the voice of God and give you a promise and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and and keep your attitude in check, keep your words in check, keep your attitude in check, keep your words in check, keep your your attitude in check? I'll just be honest with you. If I'm 75 and we ain't had a baby, I'm already angry. (laughs) And then the Lord said, I'm going to give you one. And you're thinking, man, this is a miracle. And then your miracle doesn't come until you're a hundred? The Lord put this in here for us. After he patiently endured, he received the promise. I began to pray uh, many prayers the last couple of years. I'll find scriptures like this and then I just adopt them into my own life. And two weeks ago when I saw this one, I just said, Lord, give me the patience of Abraham. I had several people say, don't pray for patience. Don't ask for patience because the Lord will send it to you. Listen, you can't get a promise and endure for 25 years without the patience of God, without an inner working of the Holy Spirit. Your flesh is not created to last that long. We live in a society, we want everything right now. We live in the society where, man, I'll be honest with you, I'm at Starbucks and I'm four cars back, I'm already mad. What's taking them so long in there? And they ever worked the machine before? I mean, it's just espresso. Come on, let's go. All of a sudden you get to the window and they mess your order up and you find out, oh, oh, now you're really hot. Listen, this is something that we got to work on and I say it this way. Let's pray and ask God for the peace that passeth all understanding that gives us the ability to wait even longer than we wanted to. James chapter one says it this way. But let endurance and steadfastness. That means to be unmovable. It means to be anchored. Let us have endurance and steadfastness and patience. Amen. So they have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Amen. The Apostle Paul, uh, James is saying to us this is who we are when we're fully developed, nothing missing. Nothing broken, but the question is, will you allow patience to do a work in you? Amen, amen. We have two children. We have a, a 10-month-old little girl, and she, she drinks a bottle. And when she's hungry, she's going to let you know. She starts whining. Uh, 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 and that's like, hey, y'all need to get the bottle together. I'm, I'm hungry in here. And if we delay it all, she picks it up. Uh, uh, uh. She starts honking like a seal. And I'm like, what's going on? And she gets louder and louder. And so you pick her up. I'm I Amy, mean, I'm gonna get the bottle. Hold on, I'm gonna get the bottle. I'm gonna get the bottle. I got her in one arm. And then you know you gotta take the cap off the thing. Hold on. And she honk, honk, she sees it, you know, huh? I'm like, I gotta put the water in. Give me a second. I gotta put the formula in. And I gotta get the thing twist it on. I gotta sh-. And by the time I get it ready, I mean she's freaking out. She's swatting the union. She's give me that bottle. <laughs> I wonder how many Christians act that way with God. Because she don't start freaking out until she sees the bottle. She let you know, but how many people live their life when they see a glimpse of the future, the promise that God has for them? They start, ha, 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 ha. Let me tell you something. That's a big sign that maybe you got some work to do on in your love walk. Your character is being refined. Let patience do its work in you. It's on its way. We have a five-year-old who, we have a five-year-old who has a similar trait, but in different situations. So we eat dinner pretty much on the clock at 5, 5:15 at our house. Dinner's about 30 to 45 minutes. We all sit at the table, we hang out. And then around six, we put Hunter in the tub. And I put Hunter in the tub for two reasons. He's filthy, he loves to play in the dirt. And number two, I need a break. Like I need time to clean the kitchen without all kinds of chaos. So I'll put the soap in the tub fill it up, and I throw him in there, and I say, I'll come back and get you when I'm done with the dishes. And I leave the room, and I start to head over to the kitchen. I hear, I'm done. <laughs> I said, you're not done. You just got in the tub. I'm done. Can I get out now? And I said, son, you're going to sit there in the tub and let the soap do its work. If you'll just so, just, just play. Play with your dinosaurs. Play with your cars. Just hang out, brother. You filthy. I need a break <laughs> two minutes later I'm done can somebody get me out can somebody get me out because we don't let him get out of the tub usually. By himself. can somebody get me out I said Hunter don't say it again <laughs> yes sir three minutes later can somebody get me out can somebody get me out I'm done I'm done somebody get me out and then it just goes on you finally just say dude you're filthy just sit and soak I wonder if that's what God's saying to some of us today Because our prayer to him is, can you get me out? Can you get me out? I'm done. I'm done. Can you get me out? Out? Dad, I want out. Can I get out? Dad, I want to get out. He said, let patience have its work in you. I'm cleaning some stuff up. I'm sorting some stuff out. I'm polishing your character for your good. So when you get out of the tub and get dressed and go back into life, you look good, you smell good, and you represent me. Let patience have its work in you. Patience is a sign of maturity. People that are impatient are saying they are spiritual babies. Listen to this scripture in in Hebrews chapter 12. Man, I like y'all. Y'all easy to preach to. Thank y'all for coming today and cheer me on. Therefore, we are surrounded... Therefore, surrounded as we are by such a vast cloud of witnesses, let us fling aside every encumbrance and every sin that so readily entangles our feet so that we can run. Here it is again with patient endurance, the race that lies before us. You know, today there is a group of apostles, pastors, believers, prophets that have gone before us that are standing over the balcony of time saying, you got this, just slow down. God's working something out and we're saying, I want to get out of it. I want out. Let me out. Let me out. And they're saying, hey, we can see the finish line from this side. We can see the finish line. Stop running your sprint mentality and understand God's got something that's longer for your good. Anything that's delayed from God is on purpose. If there's a delay, there is a reason behind it. So instead of saying, why is it delayed? Why is it delayed? Say, how can I learn? How can I grow? How can I be developed? And that's the difference between a spiritually mature person and someone that wants instant gratification right now. It's the endurance mindset. I'm not worried about the lap I'm running, even though it seems like I've been running around in circles chasing my tail. I'm running the race he set before me and I'm going to run it patiently with endurance. Let me ask you, do you have a promise from God that's not come on time? Are you waiting on something? Is there something that you're, you're anticipating that God's shown you or spoken to you about a promise? For you single ladies, maybe it's a husband. For the guys, maybe it's a wife. I can't wait any longer. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's a debt that's been unpaid. Maybe it's an illness in your body that you're done with. Maybe it's an unsaved loved one that for too long they've been out there chasing the world. Maybe it's a dream in your heart. Let me ask you this morning how are you waiting? How are you enduring? Let me give you this to, to you today. Three signs that you're maturing in patience. The first sign that you're maturing in patience is you've developed the capacity to accept delay without getting upset or angry. That's a great indication. That, man, God's done a work in your whole, in the, God's done a work through the Holy Spirit to refine your character. Let me ask this. What's your response to delay? I found myself at the dentist's office a few weeks ago. My appointment was for 1130. And so I got there at 11.15, right? Anybody like to be on time? Yeah. I don't like being late. 11.15, 11. 11.30 11. rolls around. I'm thinking, okay, here it is. And they're calling other people out of the waiting room. Mr. So-and-so, come on back. We're ready for you. Mrs. so So-and-so, I'm like, I thought I had the 11.30 deployment. 11.35. Now I'm getting angry. 11.40, I'm like, hey, I only got an hour for lunch. I need to get back. I got other stuff to do. I'm ready to get up. 11.45, 11.50, she finally comes out. and said, we're, we're, we're just a little behind. I said, a little behind? <laughs> you know, you can find yourself getting anxious and getting angry and then snapping at somebody else, and guess what? Now there's no business telling them you're a pastor in a church. <laughs> This is, an, I, this is a character flaw that we work out. Here's the second way you can find out if you're matured in patience, you've developed the ability to remain calm and not be annoyed. I'm with Pastor Jonathan and, and we spent a lot of time together and I'm amazed. Nothing bothers him. <laughs> We're in the airport line going through security in Boston and you know this is going to be like a two-hour line. I'm looking at how many times they've wrapped that thing back and forth. I'm thinking, we're gonna be missed a flight. He's just hanging out. He's just cool as a cucumber. I start freaking out, I get annoyed, and he's like, what, what, what are you gonna get excited about? We ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Let me ask you this, when stuff goes the wrong way or takes longer than you, what, what, how long does it take you to, to register on the freak-out meter? One of my favorite movies, I won't tell you what it is, but there's a scene where the guy starts getting excited and he said, man, you're about a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Does your tension scale get wound tight quickly? It may be a sign you're not as mature as you think you are. Here's the third one. You've developed the ability to give attention to something for a long time without becoming bored or losing interest. My grandfather worked the same job for 38 years. Same boss for 38 years, selling AC units and windows at Sears and Roebuck. He was never easily bored. It didn't mean he enjoyed his job, but you never heard about it. He didn't lose interest and go change his job. 38 years committed to the same employer for the same paycheck, knowing they're not my supply, God's my supply. Statistics say right now that the people graduating from college, the men will change jobs every seven years. Why? They get annoyed. They get bored. They lose interest. What does that say to our employers? What does that say to people around us? I I meet a lot of millennials and and I talk to them and say, what are you doing with your life? They say, well, I'm an entrepreneur, which is code for I can't work for anybody else. I ain't got a job. Listen, this shouldn't be said of us as Christians. I want to be known as the loyal, faithful one. I want to represent Christ to those around me that says, even when it gets tough, I'm going to stick it out because I know the promise is set forward. I got quiet on that one. How long before you say, are we there yet? We went pumpkin picking this week and I told Hunter, we're going to go up to to Amesbury and pick pumpkins at Cider Hill Farm. And we pulled out the driveway He said, are we there yet? I said, no, we're not there, the car's still in reverse. We'll be there a little bit, it'll be about 20 minutes. We get to the end of the driveway, are we there yet? I said, son, don't ask me again if we're there yet. We pull out down the road, we get on 495 and we start heading towards Amesbury. Hey daddy, are we there yet? And then it went like autopilot, like "Are are we there yet, 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 are we there yet? You know, that's a sign of immaturity. It's the sign that patience hasn't done its work in you. Don't find yourself in your prayer time consistently saying, are we there yet, God? Are we there yet? Are we going to get there? How much longer? How much longer? How much longer? Challenge yourself even this week to say, Lord, I don't care how long it takes. I trust you. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not going to allow myself to get angry, fly off the handle, have words, have actions that would display anything other than the goodness of God in my life. Galatians chapter six says, let us not abate our courage in doing what is right for in due time, you shall reap a reward if you don't faint. I'm a firm believer that whatever God's promised you, it's coming on time. It may not come on your time. It may not come on your wife's time or your friend's time or your granddaddy's time. But he's got things set in motion for the perfect time. So many people give up on their dreams. They give up on a promise. They give up on their hopes and allow fear and anxiety and things to take over simply because they don't have patience doing a work in them. That word abate means lessen, reduce, or remove. Don't lose your courage. Don't lessen your courage. Don't remove your courage. Because you're going to need it to trust God all the way to the promise. Here's the final quote for this part of the message. And I love this. Billy Graham said, Each life, every life, your life and my life, is made up of mistakes and learning, waiting and growing, practicing patient, and being Persistent. Let me ask you this week, are you learning from your mistakes? Are you growing in the waiting? Because if you are, patience and persistence belong to you. Those are what draws the blessings in. I'm a firm believer most people quit right at the edge of the door of the blessing. Let's be people of character. Let's have the fruit of love developed in us through character, holding God to what He said He would do. Amen? The second thing we're going to talk about today is kindness. The scripture in the Passion says, kindness in action. Proverbs 3.3 says out of the NLT, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. (coughs) Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Do you remember the old American Express ad that said, never leave home without it? American Express. Never leave home without it. Are there things you never leave home without? My wife never leaves home without chapstick. She loves ChapStick so much. We got in the car. She got in the purse. I like to pull practical jokes, Alex. I'll take the ChapStick out of her car and put it in my pocket. And she said, I know it was right there. It was there. And I was like, oh, here you can borrow mine, you know? She never leaves home without ChapStick. He's saying this, never leave home without kindness. In fact, make it a, a wrap it around your neck, tie it. When I leave the house, I always have my, my wallet, my keys, and my watch. I do that when I get in the car. I got my stuff. I got this thing with a key hook on. If I make a ring, I know I got it. all my stuff. Yep, I got my stuff. Let's go. My wife said, Let's leave real quick. Hold on. I got to get my wallet, my keys, my watch. I got to get my wallet, my keys, my watch. I got to get all that stuff. He's saying, Do that with kindness. Never go to work without kindness bound around your neck. Never show up on the job without kindness around your neck. Never go to class, never get in your car, never go to the grocery store. Dear God, don't go to Starbucks and get line without kindness tied around your neck. You're going to need it. He goes one step further. He says, Not only tie it around your neck, you should inscribe it upon your heart. When I think about that, I think about it means when everything else is stripped away, it's still with me. When everything else is is gone and nobody even recognizes who I am or whatever, I still have the kindness of God inscribed on my heart. That's who we're called to be as believers. Kindness in action actually carries what I believe is a double blessing. I'm reading a great book right now by Mark Batterson, and it's called The Double Blessing. And the concept of a double blessing is when you give something away, it boomerangs back to you. That's what kindness does. When you give away kindness, it comes back to you. When you give away uh, kindness, it it all of a sudden flips around and smacks you upside the face when you weren't expecting it. See, being being kind not only has a direct effect on others, it has a positive impact on you. My grandfather told me growing up, if you want friends, be friendly. For many people, they haven't learned this and they live an isolated life waiting for somebody else to come be kind to them, to befriend them. If you want to be friendly, if you want friends, go out and be friendly to somebody else. Guess what? All of a sudden, you won't have time enough for all the friends that want to hang out with you. You know, the truth is, is kindness is a magnet for people. You ever been around somebody that's angry? You won't be around them. You've been around someone that's stingy. Man, I don't ever want to go to dinner at their house again. But just the opposite, when you're around someone that's kind, you're like, man, I, I, I really dug hanging out with them. I could do that again. But what was it? They did something that made me feel good. They, made, they said something that made me feel good about myself. They they, 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 they they did something they didn't have to do. And all of a sudden, you find kindness overtaking you. Kindness is also used in generosity i love the scripture in proverbs it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger larger you know you can't outgive god Amen. and when you give stuff away it's a habit and it's a, it's actually a law that it returns to you you've never given anything away in faith and it's not showing up back to you the truth is, is because that's how God's called us to be. He's called us to be givers. And as we give, it shows up in other ways. Uh, one of the reasons that I am generous is because God was generous to me. The other reason is I know it works. Yes. Most people are trying to figure out how to get through this life. I can't figure out. Why don't you just try being generous? Just try being generous and all of a sudden you'll find yourself like, I don't know where that came from. There was a check in the mail. This thing showed up. People dropping stuff off. We got that bonus. We got that raise. We got that. What is it? It's a life of generosity through kindness which shows the love of God. Amen. The third way we give away kindness is by consideration. Consideration. Consider what somebody else may be going through.
0: Yes.
1: Here's the thing. If you help see somebody else's problems... See to it that their problems are fixed. Your problems won't seem so big. I believe that one of the cures for depression is kindness. So many people dealing with depression and anxiety and I personally had anxiety and depression for many years in my life and the Lord showed me that through kindness my depression would go away. I'll give you an example. It was 15 years ago and I was living on the West Coast away from my family and Thanksgiving was approaching and all of a sudden I started having the thoughts of I'm going to spend Thanksgiving by myself. I'm going to spend Thanksgiving by myself. I want to spend Thanksgiving with my family. That's what everybody else is doing. But because of situations and circumstances, that wasn't going to happen. And so as days clicked on, I got more depressed and more of a funk to where I just realized I'm not going to do anything on Thanksgiving. I'm just going to stay home and watch football in my pajamas. I'm just going to have a pity party. Two days before, my buddy called and said, hey, me and some friends, we're going up to L.A. and we're going to feed the homeless on Thanksgiving Day. Would you want to go with us? I don't want to go feed the homeless people. I want to eat turkey myself, man. (laughs) He said, you got a sour attitude, man. You should come with us. He said, it would be good for you. I said, you don't know what's good for me. He said, listen, I can tell you're in a funk. He said, I think if you came with us, you wouldn't be so concerned about you being by yourself. He twisted my arm and I went and got there and they gave me a plastic smock and some plastic gloves and they said, Here, here's 14 racks of pumpkin pie. I said, What do you want me to do? They said, When they walk through the line, just give them a piece of pumpkin pie. And so I remember standing there, the first guy and I handed him the pumpkin pie and said, Happy Thanksgiving. He said, Oh man, thank you so much. I thought, Wow. And the next guy said, Here, here's a piece of pumpkin pie. He said, Oh man, pumpkin pie, my favorite. All of a sudden, I felt better. Then the pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie. Man, I became the pumpkin pie guru. I was like, you want two pieces? Here, put this piece in your backpack. I won't tell nobody. I started seeing how pumpkin pie made people happy. All of a sudden, in just a split moment, my problems, my insecurity, my depression was all gone away. I remember driving home from LA just in tears saying, Lord, forgive me for having such a sour attitude. All of a sudden, the depression was lifted. It was a few years later, before me and my wife got married, our friends began to feed the homeless down at Oceanside, California. And they said, on a Friday night, you want to come down and help us feed the homeless? I thought, that's our date night. No, it's not really work for us. And my wife is such a kind person. She said, let's go for an hour. We can go to dinner afterwards. And I remember getting the bowl of whatever it was, chili or whatever, putting in the bowl, slopping, to the guy, and he didn't smile, saying, thank you so much, man, I ain't, eat- I ain't eating all day. Next person walked through, two little kids, giving them the food. She starts crying and said, We hadn't eaten in two days. And all of a sudden, in a moment of kindness, you realize, man, my life ain't so bad. I, my thoughts, the things that I've been thinking about myself, are, are dissipated, they're gone. The double blessing happened. You give away kindness, and all of a sudden, depression goes. That's how it works. Science has actually proven that when you help someone else, the hormone oxytocin is released in your brain, which causes better circulation. It reduces your blood pressure and it releases anxiety. That's not the Bible. That's medical doctors. For some of us, we just need to get outside of ourselves and say, I'm going to be committed to help somebody else. Not necessarily for them because I need it. You know, this Thanksgiving, some of you will be in the same spot. Don't think about yourself. Make something happen for somebody else and God will make something happen for you. Kindness refers to how you made somebody feel. Kindness refers to a feeling or an emotion that was evoked on the side of the recipient. Two ways that we can Invoke kindness, number one, with our words, and number two, with our actions. Your words are powerful. And you say, well, I don't have anything to give. You can give kind words. That lady at work that always seems agitated, you could tell her, hey, you're doing a great job. I know you got it tough here, but man, I notice your work. You're committed. Man, God's going to honor that. You could tell a student, hey, you did a great job that last weekend. Those test scores, they were great. You look good. You're going somewhere to happen. I believe in you. What happened to the art of affirmation? We have a whole group of people that are sucking up affirmation online through, through likes and shares and you know all the stuff on social media. And I could like someone's picture, but it's another thing to say, Daphne man, you and your family, I love what you're doing. I love seeing what you and your husband have created for your kids, affirming them. We make this too difficult. Well, I don't know if I could do the kindness thing. How about just smile at somebody and waving? I'm surprised at how many people that I wave at in New England, when I wave at them, they look at you like. I was about to sock a dude in my parking lot one night because I saw him look at me and I said, hey, how you doing? He just looked at me and then turned around and walked off. I thought, I can't believe you just did that. How about just a little kindness? Like, hey, I I don't know you, kind of weird, but hey, from a distance. This summer I was at a, a retreat with our staff in Birmingham, Alabama, we were at a church conference and from across the room I see this guy eyeball me and I know him, I know him, He's, he was one of my interns 20 years ago in Louisiana, one of the most faithful guys that I ever had on my team. And he come running around the room and grabs me with his big bear hug, picks me up, Pastor Josh, oh my God, so good to see you. I said, man, so good to see you too, how you doing? The music started, and so it was kind of like, get, you know, go to your seats. I said, hey man, we'll catch up afterwards. And he grabbed me by, just big bear, he's got this huge beard. And he said, man, he's whispered in my ear, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, nobody has believed in me like you did for the last 20 years. He said, I'm forever grateful for you, for the kind words that you spoke to me over 20 years and nobody has spoken those kind of a words in 20 years since. I grabbed him and I started crying. I'm grateful that I got to play that part of his life, but I was sad that he's gone 20 years without somebody else telling him he's awesome, he can do it, he's got the goods. Your words are powerful. The second way we do this is with acts of kindness, by physically doing something. A few years ago, me and Stephanie bought a little house in in North Andover and just kind of moving in there, you're not really talking to the neighbors, you're just kind of doing your own thing. And, And two or three days afterwards, I was getting in my car cleaning some stuff out. If I remember writing, my neighbor next door says, hey man, you want me to cut your grass? I said, no, no, I don't need you to cut my grass. I got a lawnmower, thank you. He said, no, I want to cut your grass. Can I cut your grass? I said, man, you ain't got to cut my grass. He said, no, I ain't got to, but will you let me? I said, well, man, now that you're going to break my arm over it, if you want to cut the grass, knock yourself out. That's what he said. He said, well, isn't that what neighbors are for? In a moment, I thought, I'm such an idiot. Here's a guy that's being, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the guy that's supposed to be in the neighborhood. He's, he's begging me to cut my grass. He's out there cutting my grass, waving to me in the house. He's so excited to cut my grass. I'm thinking, he's weird. What else? Two days later, I saw my extra neighbor on the other side who was an older gentleman out there messing with his lawnmower and it was all broken. He's trying to fix it. And he'd cut for two feet and then it would die. And the Lord said, why don't you do what he did for you? Amen. So I went out there and I said, hey Rick, I got your grass already. He said, you ain't got to do that. I said, no, I ain't got to do it. Will you let me cut your grass? He said, well, man, now that you're twisting my arm, I'll let you cut my grass. And so I got to go out there and I'm cutting his grass. And Hey Rick. He's looking at me through the window like, this guy's crazy, and I'm thinking, this is awesome. I'm being re-energized by cutting his grass. You know, it was the next winter, I woke up one Sunday morning, and guess who's in my yard with a snowblower? Buzzing out my driveway, as I'm inside getting the babies ready for church. He's sowing it back. Listen, little acts of kindness go a long way. Little acts of kindness are a great way to let people know God loves them. Jesus loves you your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Oh man, I've had fun with you guys today. Thank you for being such a great, great listeners. I will give you some homework. Number one, find out where your patience meter is this week. Find out where your patience meter is and ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask Him to give you the patience and the endurance of Abraham. Knowing that God's timing is perfect. Second thing, do something extra special this week. Sow some words of kindness to somebody. Not for them, do it for you. That'd be difficult. Be, I'm kind of an introvert, I know. But you could turn into an extrovert over a matter of one conversation. Do something for somebody. Maybe as simple as paying for the food for the person in the drive through behind you. My sister-in-law runs a Chick-fil-A and she said last summer, a guy came to the window, paid for his food, and he said, I want to pay for the guy behind me. And the lady said, why would you want to do that? And he said, I just want to bless them. And then they pulled up to the window and said, your food's been paid for. And they said, well, we'll pay for the car behind us. 88 cars in a row paid for the person behind them. They didn't even know each other. That's who we're supposed to be. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, don't make this difficult. Let's let patience have its work in us. Let's let the world know that we're kind people. Let's let them know that Jesus came. Show kindness the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And maybe you're here this morning and you're hearing this for the first time. Maybe this is new to you. I want you to know God's got a plan for your life and it's better than any plan you could ever come up with on your own. Maybe you're here today and you've been doing life on your own. You've been doing it your way. I want to invite you to surrender your life to Jesus and allow him to show you a better way. Super simple. All you do is ask him, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're here this morning, I won't embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. I need a fresh start today. Would you simply raise your hand right where you are? I want to pray for you. I want to embarrass you all across this auditorium. Yes, sir, I see you. Anybody else say, pray for me, Pastor. I, I, need, I, need, I need help. I need this fruit of the Spirit. Yes, I see you right over here. Yes, sir, I see you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. You said today's my day. I'm done doing life my way. I choose God today. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to embarrass you. Anybody else want to join these few and say, today's my day? Amen. Hands went up all over this auditorium. Will you pray this with me? Say, dear Heavenly Father. Father. Maybe you prayed this before. Just say it out loud again. Say, dear Heavenly Father, Father. I believe that you sent Jesus Jesus. to die on a cross for my sins to pay a price I couldn't pay. pay pay. Today, Today, I choose you. you. Be my leader. leader. Be Be my guide. Be my teacher. I surrender my will to you. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.
0: Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.